All right, because the reason crowd, I'm here today once again, as always, in the blockhouse with Kelly. Yes, just me. Just Kelly this time. Yeah, if you enjoyed last week, then stay tuned. You're going to enjoy next week very much. And if you didn't listen to last week, you should. Or if you hated last week, oh well. Oops. Yes, Kendra and John will be returning next week for next episode, which we will tell you what we're doing at the end of this episode. You have to sit through this episode first. Kelly, do you know why we're here? Last week it was a little weird because we were outside. We were uh, here to do a cookout and play songs. Yes, and we had made ribs during our, which we didn't even talk about the ribs during the show. Well, because they hadn't happened. They hadn't happened yet. And oh my God, not only was it a great podcast experience, we played a bunch of music afterwards, and then we had ribs. And the ribs were the best ribs I've ever had in my life. We didn't didn't do anything. We watched one YouTube video, Mm -hmm. and then we seasoned the shit out of it. And set it on the grill for a million years. Yeah. Don't touch it. Just that's it. Grill for a million years and that's, and then Don't open it. Perfect. And then we opened it once after debating should we open it. It turned out that was perfect. And maybe that's what made it so great was we opened it that one time. And then we took it out and we ate it. It was fucking delicious. Yes. We don't have ribs cooking this time. No. Because we're back inside the blockhouse. Yeah. Fully finished though. Fully finished. Hopefully the sound sounds good. Yeah. Let us know. Every every episode, Kelly and I spend a week listening to a Bob Dylan episode, and then we come back to talk about it, either outside with friends or inside the blockhouse or wherever the hell we happen to be, and we talk about it as a piece of art, as a piece of music, as uh, Kelly le- often learns how to play it. Uh, we'll talk about the lyrics. We'll talk about what's going on and if the song still works in our present day. I've been listening to Bob Dylan for most of my life. Kelly's heard roughly the same number of songs as a number considered unlucky in the motorcycle sport specializing in extended cross-country and off-road courses enduro, known as the Blind Pew. And this week, we listen to 1970s Pretty Sarah. Unlucky, it's 113? It is 113. In a sad, lonesome place Where the wild birds do wobble All their notes to increase Farewell, pretty Sarah. I bid ye adieu. Better dream of pretty Sarah wherever I go. All right, Kelly, we spent the week back in self portrait territory, which was our second episode of this season, uh, 102. So if you want to listen to us talk about Self-Portrait, also happy 50th birthday to Self-Portrait. If you want to listen to us talk about Self-Portrait, which we dug, I think, <laughs> dug more dug more than we thought we would. Is that the one that only has like four songs on it, but then the rest are from other times? No. Nope. Never mind. <laughs> no, this is all the covers. All the long, meandering covers. Yeah. It's got Copper Kettle. Yeah. Yeah. Corn Mash. Continue. Yes. Uh <laughs> We spent the week listening, uh, returning to another self-portrait. This is off the Bootleg Series Volume 10, Pretty Sarah. This is not a Bob Dylan original, but it's a, a you know, a copywritten as traditional, arranged by Bob Dylan, of course. Uh, so Bob has definitely taken his own liberties, and we're going to talk about the song, and we're going to introduce you to a couple of songs that we have on our playlist that you can uh, listen to and beef up on if you want to kind of follow along. If you don't already know some of these Pretty Sarahs, we're going to get into the song Pretty Sarah and where it comes from and all that kind of jazz. But uh Kelly, first off, have you ever heard the song before? And what do you think of Pretty Sarah? No, I've never heard the song before. Not to my knowledge, at least. I mean, it seems like it takes a lot of forms. So maybe I heard it. Yeah. Who knows? And yeah, I mean, we're in Muppet voice territory. So 
I am not a super fan of that, but it sounds good. And they, uh, my headphones are broken. I or not my headphones, but the headphone jack on my phone is broken, which I found out listening to Rough and Rowdy Ways. Only oh. one ear works. So, but interestingly, it's not like I'm hearing. It's it's still broadcasting in stereo through my phone, obviously, but I'm only hearing it on one ear, oh. so I'm only hearing one half of the track. So when the first time I listened to this, I was like, wow, his voice is, it's bad. He reaches. There's a specific line where he reaches and he does not make it. Uh, but if you have it in the actual stereo version where you can hear the guitars are beefed up a little bit, I, I didn't realize there was two guitars at first because yeah. the one that's playing the like embellishments and the little flourishes in the background, um, I couldn't really hear that one at all. And his voice is doubled. So there's on the one ear, uh, it's just a regular, pretty much. It, there might be a little effects on the voice, but it's just kind of his voice, and it's like, ugh. But his voice is doubled. Then on the second one, there's a reverb in it, so it, it it sounds totally different. I was like, oh, he does make the note when you put the effects on it. That's nice. That's that's great. Anyway, yeah, the song's great. It's, and it's, and you've it's replaced really your headphones. No, no, oh. because it's the it's the phone it's the port on my phone that's messed oh, up. Oh, yeah. you've replaced your phone. No. Okay. No. <laughs> Never. <laughs> So, so it was good. So you enjoyed after yeah. you learned the problem. Really you... simple. And his, his voice sounds good once it's been manipulated. And I, I like the cadence of it because it's got a good rhythm to it. It sounds like he's kind of ahead of the chord changes and stuff, but it sounds good. It's got a good rhythm and flow to it. And I like it. And two minutes. Two minutes. Love that shit. Nice and short. Yeah. So uh, really quick context for the song. Bob Dylan recorded this on March 3rd, 1970. He did six takes of it. Uh, we don't know if it's uh, number one or number four that's on the Bootleg Series Volume 10. Uh, two, three, and five are false starts. Number six has been said to be issued as a, uh, like the overdub version of it, was issued as a single. And they gave uh, Columbia 4-45199. But looking that up, it's actually the 45 for Wigwam and Copper Kettle. So I don't know if that's just a mistake on the tracking's part or if I'm just wrong. So if you guys have any more information on that, I don't know because I couldn't find another version of Pretty Sarah except for this one from the Bootleg Series Volume 10. Uh, it's Bob Dylan, of course, playing vocals and guitar, but it's David Bromberg playing um, uh, during this whole session on the day he played guitar, dobro, and bass. Mm. So you're probably also hearing right guitar. I don't know what else is there. Dobro's a guitar. Dobro, yeah. So that's pretty much it. So it's just uh, part of self-portrait. Bob Dylan's heard this song before. Uh, he could have picked the song up at any point, and he just decided to play it one off time. And then it just didn't make the cut for self-portrait. And then we got to hear it, you know, 43 years later. So uh, the context of the song itself, though, really quick. Um, and it's not it, – we're not going to go super deep into this. So I, I do have more notes and stuff, but it's going to be in our show notes if you want to follow some of the threads that I tried to get down. But we're not experts here. So we're going to do our best. We've talked about um, the Roud – folk song index before it's a it's a database essentially with twenty five thousand original songs and over two hundred and fifty fifty thousand references to songs in different clippings or uh basically anywhere uh from broadsides to newspapers to wherever the fuck over history essentially where they can find rhymes or lyrics or whatever and they try to build on these databases to be like this song has uh you know these are references to this song. So did that song originally maybe have this lyric or was this improvised then? That kind of stuff. So a lot of like origination. Yes, exactly. So that um, is done by the English Folk Dance and Song Society. uh, And it's uh, round number 417. So you can go search that. And there's hundreds for this song. You just like 
go through and it's just indexed with where it came from and not even like artist wise, like who's covered it, but like this originated with this particular family back in 18 something, you know, it's like, you've got all of these like as detailed records as you put, could possibly get. So I, I recommend to go do that. Uh, and then there's also the ballot index at Fres Fresno state that's maintained by Robert Waltz and David Engel. And this is R744 in the ballot index. And they always have a description on all of their ballads. And with this one, they describe pretty Sarah as quote, the singer loves Pretty Sarah, but she shows no interest in him. She wants a freeholder and I have no land. Nor can he write her a letter in a fine hand, quote, quote, unquote, in a fine hand, uh, as he would wish to. In despair, he vows to, quote, wander by the river or kill himself. Oh, dang. Right? You, yeah, why are you at that river, bro? Why are you at that? Why does anybody go to a river? Just to kill yourself. Just to, <laughs> just, it's the only reason for rivers. Uh, so this song was, um, yeah, there's a whole history here that I, that's above my head. I'm sure a lot of people that really love folk songs and those kind of, all those indexes and stuff. Um, there's a man named Cecil Sharp who apparently is a bit divisive um, in that like over time people don't know his like terminology for like the word folk, like where he found some of these songs. Some people consider not to be folk. Mm -hmm. Like, what does that term mean? So like, that's a whole history I don't know enough about. I'm like, needless to say, he, he's the the founder of the English folk dance society, later the, the English folk dance and song society. And he visited Appalachia. 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 I'm from there. I can't even say Appalachia. It. Appalachia. 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 <laughs> I mean, I would say Appalachia, but... I just want to say the Appalachians. You can say that, too. And he recorded, uh, you know, local folk songs uh, in the tradition. But he wasn't actually the first one. So, of course, our boy, the, the Lomaxes were here first. John Lomax was here with North with his North Carolina booklet in 1911. And then a variation later on uh, from Vance Randolph's in his Ozark folk songs in 1946. So, Kelly, you normally um, learn how to play the songs that we typically kind of go through. Um, I wouldn't say normally. Well, I, I mean, if last, week, trying to. if last week is an indication. Of, I mean, I did just pick that one up on the day. I basically uh, is, did that with this, too. And so did John. It, it all sounded great. We all. Oh, my God. John's really good. Yeah, he's really he good. Like, knows how to play. Music. Way to go, John. Hey, if you're listening to this, great <laughs> job, my dude. Uh, no, we uh, you have been, at least for this season. You've yeah. been trying to basically just kind of get the chord structures and just try to understand, like, what's going on? What's crazy about this? What do we need to know? You know, because Dylan Chords um, is such a great resource. And it's a great thing to shout out, but it's never my first inclination. I don't go there as like a habit. I mean, I'll go there for his writings, but not really to look at the chord sheets because I already know the lyrics. I, you know, and he'll have alternate lyrics too, but I already have those. So I, I honestly have no reason to go there. So I'm glad that you get to and you get yeah. to talk us through this. So uh, with this song, this is not his song, but it's been, you know, copywritten, arranged by Bob Dylan. Um, so did you learn how to play the song? Uh, roughly. roughly. And, and I mean, like, there's a lot of embellishments. And also there's more than one guitarist on the track. I think that... Um, yeah, Bromberg. But the basic chords, it's in the key of G. Right? And it just kind of opens with a G. And there's a C over G chord, which I'm playing wrong, but that's that. So... Another A minor. And then And then a weird D7 chord. Yeah. That's extra wrong. Weird D7 chord. And then back to G, that GC thing. That A minor. And then a regular D major. That's about it. Key of G, just a couple of chords. 
if Dylan Quartz is to be believed, it sounds it sounds accurate. Yeah, that sounds good. Yeah. You could get away with singing the song to that pretty well. I can't do his Muppet voice. Where is it? Where is it, Muppet voice? <laughs> but he does do some cool. I like when he like you know plays a guitar like a sort of you know the thing people do on piano when they go slide across it. He does that kind of like he just oh, just like, like you know just like just there and it's just for a second and it's just gorgeous and I love it and I think that's what kind of stands out. I hate to always do that with Bob Dylan, where you're, and I guess listen to Sackley because I say the opposite. His version of Sackley is so mediocre that all the others are leaps and bounds ahead of his. But I will say, there's just something about Dylan doing this song, and I think obviously there's a lot of people that like Bob Dylan, but he does bring just a different energy to it than all the rest of the songs. Oh, definitely. I don't know what it's about. I don't I know why. I how. didn't look into this, and I should have, but I think even the ones that have music, they're not playing in these chords. And like I said, that even mm. the rhythm of it's a lot different. It feels totally different. This feels like New Morning. It feels like it could fit on there if, it, if he wasn't doing Muppet. And voice. it was recorded during the same time. Yeah. Yeah. New Morning and, and this were overlapped. Oh, so. okay, great. Well, that makes a lot more sense. Mm-hmm. And you could... Bob Dylan plays the guitar well. He does. And I think... When you restrict yourself to like, I'm just going to play this acoustically. I'm going to keep in these couple of chords, but I'm going to do little fun stuff. It it makes you Im- improvise better, like more, and it it makes the song more unique because you could straight up just play those four chords, which is how I would play because I don't know what the fuck I'm doing, and it won't sound as good or interesting when you're limiting yourself to just one guitar and one little like, these four chords. So I think yeah, I think it, I think really it also comes to the the major point of all of this is that these songs are like buried deep in your bones in a way where it's like you can put the embellishment so simply on it because you've got the core structure so solid what he's doing is not um seen in the other songs it's not like he's like cribbing someone else i mean he's certainly cribbed before so he could you know he could have totally found somebody and maybe he does and i don't know it but every song here is just like they really lean on that acapella more than anything else and bob which is Does super not. effective too. Which is a, another example effective. of like really restricting yourself. That I'm just gonna sing this, but holy shit! Well, let's get into the Let, versions. Let's get into the versions. So I've broken up everybody by crews by squads. We're we're not gonna play a game because games have rules and points and, points. and scores. And I don't want to like pit our friends up against one another. Also, some of these people are no longer with us, so it does mm-hmm. seem mean to do that. Yeah. Uh, but in the acapella squad. We start with Rhiannon and Giddens, who did uh, a version of Pretty Sarah from 2017 from the American Epic um, project. Jack White, I think, was a, a big part of that. Mm. She's been on our, our podcast multiple times now. I'm alarmed. One, I don't believe you because I don't remember any of that. Two, yes. I thought this was an old-timey lesbian from the early 1900s singing this song. Three, this makes a lot more sense now because it's like sounds great. sounds great. I was like, wow, How did Lomax they do really did a number on this one. They must have went to a special little area and had some technology from the future that yeah. he was able to bring back with him. Yeah. This. Dumb. But also this is my favorite version because mm. while it makes me sad because old timey lesbians make me sad I'm sure it was a lot harder for them. It makes me happy because anytime a lady singing about a lady, just it's going to win. It's good. And I like this acapella one more than this. She has to be the team captain, squad captain. Well, it's not this long journey I'm dreading for to go Or the country that I'm leaving Or the debts that I owe There's only one thing that troubles my mind 
And that's leaving my darling pretty Sarah behind. Hedy West, another Bob Dylan, uh, definitely influenced by her. Uh, and was a contemporary of sorts of his, with him. Uh, also has a version on our playlist, too, that you can listen to from, I think, 1966 is this one. Um, she's completely acapella. She's on the acapella squad. She wants a freeholder And I have no land I cannot maintain her with a silver And then we also have Sarah Gray, who's kind of our our young gun. 2005 uh, released an album, uh, including Pretty Sarah on it, and also had a really in-depth liner notes, um, which um, made it useful for me online to kind of stumble across her. And uh, her version's pretty good. She does this vibrato thing. And uh, I'm not a fan of goat singing. Yeah. (laughs) But also can take you to a very specific place and a different vibe. And I really like when Corn Tucker does it. Well, if I were a poet and could write a fine hand, I would write my love a letter that she'd understand. I'd send it by the waters where the islands you know, overflow. You know, maybe it's just a style of music. Acapella Squad is really fleshing out to be a lesbian squad. I'm just going to say it. It's well, all ladies singing by ladies, and it's just, what are you going to do? Well, we won't bring all of Pete Seeger onto the squad then. <laughs> but we, we'll bring about three-fourths of Pete Seeger <laughs> Onto the squad, so that kind of roughs it up a bit. But uh, but Pete is also on the acapella squad. Uh, <laughs> Isn't there like a little pan flute in his version? Though? It is. So yeah, that's well, why we're bringing yeah. most of him because he does sing acapella. But then there is this gorgeous like whatever is going we're on. Recorded. on the other I can't side. Fantastic. Guitar crew. Sorry, guitar squad. Maybe we have guitar, the guitar center. It's too close to center. So guitar squad. Uh, we have Judy Collins, 1961. Contemporary Bob Dylan, uh, of course. Uh, met her in, in Denver. They were friends. I mean, I hope friends to this day. I don't know. But if I were a merchant And I could write a fine hat Then I'd write my love a letter That she'd understand I'd write it by the river uh, Shirley Collins, not to make this even more complicated, Shirley Collins with Judy Collins, because they're, they're on the guitar crew. Uh, she actually released this a cappella in 1959, but I can't find that on Spotify. She re-recorded this in 1964 with Davy Graham, who's probably the one playing guitar. 
Oh, it sounds so cool. And it's a super cool guitar. There's like a whole minute for just a weird guitar solo, which is lovely. Uh, they got the time. We got the time. It sounds just like Nick Drake. It's so cool. Mm. If you like Nick Drake, just you can. I can almost hear him singing it. It's so bizarre because mm. the guitar is just like very him. Yeah. And if I knew anything about music theory, I could be like, well, that's because he's playing in Mixolydian scale or whatever the fuck. But I don't know. Mixolydian. I, that's probably not even how you say that. There's like, did you know there's seven different scale modes? I might be wrong. I think it's seven. Yeah, seven for each of the arrangements, and each one has a special name, right? So there's seven modes because there's seven notes in the scale. In each mode, so the first degree is is tonic, because that's the root note, and then the next one is Dorian, I think. And anyway, it goes one, two, three, four, five, six, seven, okay. and each one has a different name. They're called degrees. Everything in music theory has two names, by the way. So a degree of a scale is the same thing as a mode of a scale, I think, but the modes have names and the degrees have numbers. So it's like a bird. It's got a regular name and then a Latin name. Yeah, or, like or any, Linnaean name. Any animal. Yeah, all plants, animals, anything. Yeah, yeah. But, yeah, it's confusing. So one of them is called, like, Nickelodeon or some shit. Nickelodeon? Mm. The Nickelodeon scale. The Nickelodeon scale. <laughs> Del, if you knew about the Nickelodeon scale. And finally, the Guitar Squad rounds out with Sam Amadon. Instrumental crew, sorry, the instrumental squad, who are going to be playing while our teams are, I don't know, competing? I don't know what's going on here. Uh, we got the instrumental squad. We got Boogertown Gap, of course. The that, house I think, band, is also a recorder. I'm not sure. And the Westerlies, which is oh. what you're talking about. Gorgeous version. Yes. Uh, wonderful. Absolutely wonderful. We're not really going to talk a lot about them, so if you want to uh, go on about the Westerlies. Yes, or what, yeah, I do. Please. Thank you. Uh, so, yeah, my favorite version is Rhiannon Giddens' lesbian, sad, old-timey uh, version. But this is my favorite instrumental version. Bob okay. is my favorite guitar or music and words. Okay. Rhiannon's my favorite just words. words. Acapella squad. Mm-hmm. And the Westerlies are my favorite instrumental, instrumental squad. squad. Yeah. Yeah. Uh, <laughs> It's gorgeous. It like I put it on one of my playlists. Uh, it's like gives you goosebumps because it's just like that French horn at the beginning, mm. and when the rest of it comes in, and then it really, oh my god! And it does sound amazing. like all the songs too, which is really impressive. Like that will always be like you'll start to hear it and be like, oh, that's because the melody, the French Sarah. horn is playing the voice melody. The whole, oh, it's gorgeous. It's I can't get over it. So I definitely want to check them out. Yeah, you should. Uh, I, I don't know. I listen if... like one other song. Of and they're really are they all instrumental? Yes, I think yeah, so. I think sweet. So. That's very cool. Very cool. Good study music, I guess, or something. I don't know what kids do. Uh, do they study? Do we go to school anymore? I don't know. <laughs> in case anybody gets injured in this competition, we have a couple alternates. We have Margo, one name only, please, uh, with the screams of Bun Clotty. Mm, we sure do have that, unfortunately. So if someone gets injured, we got Margo to come in. We also have, this might be a liability because he sounds quite old, Horton Barker uh, at the foot of Yonder Mountain. Uh, so if anybody gets injured and anyone gets, you know... Uh, fouls out, gets the red card, 
then Horton or Margot might come in. Uh, we also have an injured reserve. These are people who were on the playlist and then are no longer on the playlist oh. because it just got too long. Doc Watson, Tatiana Hargreaves, and Cass Wallen. Cass Wallen's interesting because he's actually in a documentary, video documentary, uh, that uh, Alan Lomax did in 1982, I believe. So you can actually watch him do this song on his front porch in just overlooking the Appalachian Mountains. Uh, recommended. It's very... They just go into it. It's fucking wild. They're just like, oh, yeah, chatted, chatting. And Bernie's arrow. And then the whole family is just singing along. And you got, like, generations of them there. It's very, it's powerful stuff. It's very cool. You know, Hetty West talks in her liner notes about it was my, what did she say? She said, uh, quote, my grandma and daddy always sing this in the slow freestyle and with this ornamentation. This long phrasing gives singers a chance to use the keen, long, long carrying tone quality that was always considered excellent. Um, so, yeah, I think there's a whole... A whole group of people that probably play the song that we've never, never heard of and never will hear about. And then finally, um, somebody who showed up for the wrong song, but we're going to allow to just kind of like come in and watch the exhibition, whatever this competition is. Uh, Glenn Neves. Uh, he came in with 1809 Pretty Sarah uh, in a very tangential way. It is connected to our song. I was going to say, did Glenn show up? Because I hate Glenn. I hate his version. His version is the worst. It is, but it is completely different. And it's dealing with a different set of songs. Uh, The Sharp 76 in the the, um, title of that song refers to the Sharp series of songs. So he is singing a different set of songs that has a connection to Pretty Sarah. And a lot of it comes from the Appalachian-ness of it all because he's from uh, rural... Um, Mountain, Virginia. So he's from the area. He recorded this on Folkways in 1968. So he's he's been around for a long time. Uh, reading the liner notes, he's been around for a while, but he is definitely doing a different song. You got me. You duped me, Folkways. I believed you. So Glenn, I don't want to, I'm not penalizing Glenn. I am. But Glenn is allowed to sit in on the exhibition. I would prefer if he weren't here. But he's not here. He's not part of it. He will not be an injured reserve. But I listened to him. So Kelly, before Little Sarah, Bob Dylan's version starts. There is, there's not, with with a lot of these songs, there's not one version of the song, right? There's not one version of the lyrics. So there's there's no way for me to go back and say, these are the original, you know? Yeah. Like Dink's song. I was asking, like, when, what is the first one? Right. So there's not really a that. I don't know. And, and I don't, I think that there's probably contention about what it is because this feeds over into a lot of other songs. So then it's like. There's disagreements about does this even exist as this song? Is it not? Whatever. Well, obviously, like, Cludy Dumpling's version is completely different. Who? Cludy Dumpling, whatever. Bunk, Bunty Land. What's her name? Hedy, not Hedy West. No, Cludy no. Margo. Dumpling. Yeah, that's a different song. Oh, okay. That's a totally different I was like, because this could be a fucking weird old Irish song that just you know came over with everybody else. Yeah, and, so the, and that's why the alternatives, I guess I'll explain that part. The alternatives are really that they are Yonder and the streams of Bun Cloddy are connected to this song. Uh, they're believed that that the streams of Bun Cloddy became pretty Saro okay. in time. Um, the genesis of this song, just to kind of really quickly get there since we haven't really done it, the genesis of the song is that it's an English folk song, Irish, you know, all that stuff going on in the, not UK, but England Pretty as a whole, UK. whatever it is. They're singing this song. They're having a great time. They're enjoying it. Then they forget about it. Then it comes to America. And it's one of those like almost one-to-ones where it comes over here with people that were immigrating and then they just are have a lot of free time. And, you know, they're putting up houses, Sinner, kicking people off songs. their land, and they're saying, we got songs to sing. And so they're like, hey, you remember that song? 
Let's sing that song. And that's pretty much what, what happens. And so they're saying, uh, essentially with Bun, Bun, Bun Clotty and, <sighs> and the Yonder Mountain one too, because they're even Hetty West sort of alludes to the mountain in hers mm-hmm. where she's talking about Yonder Mountain. And there's a belief that the Yonder Mountain one came even before that. And it's not really singing to Sarah, but to Mary, to the Virgin Mary. So it's like, Kind of a total inverse on it, and people get excited about that. All of that stuff, if you want to, Sarah Gray's liner notes, I do have it in here. She talks about 1749 being a, a specific date that you can sort of date on uh, the streams of Bun Kaladi. So if you want some more of that, go to SOTWpod.com, and you can check it out in our show notes. But we're not going to kind of go there, because I do want to kind of explore how Bob Dylan frames the song versus how our all of our friends, the squads, how, how do the squads frame the song? Uh, in general. So before we get into Bob Dylan's lyrics, there is an opening verse that's shared by multiple people, uh, multiple squads um, working together, which surprises me. Uh, but our acapella squads, we've got Rihanna Giddon and Sarah Gray doing a version where, they, where they're talking about a very specific date. It's not 1809. It's not 1749, but it's 1849. When I first came to this country in 1849. The days of right? 49. Days of 49. I mean. Shit. But it's not a California song, right? Yeah. So it's like, what even is this? And but look, is... I remembered something. It's true. <laughs> <laughs> and I, I, maybe these are alternate 49ers, right? So that's a, that's a famous one, too, that, that beginning, that opening of 49. Bob Dylan's down in some lonesome valley. Like, if you go to the Roud Index, you're going to come across a lot. They have a thing, first lines of the song. And all of these are usually the first lines of all of them, mm, which yeah. is down in some lonesome valley or in the year of uh, 1849. So maybe that's when it was like popularized, you know, in a way with the going of the West, you know, all the people that went out there. I don't know. Well, because it's in a, like in whatever, 1849, whatever, I came to this country. That's like the first line. Right. But I mean, that can also be a vague like, you know, you could say that oh, I, I came to a new country. country, like the plains or whatever. Like, yeah. 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 I went to a new place. Right. I, you know, and you not necessarily new because I was thinking immediately like, oh, you're coming from England, Ireland, wherever the song. It's an immigrant song. Uh, right. Yeah, you're coming right, yes. too. And that could very well be it, too. Right. And I think that uh, that's totally readable um, for the way to see the song. Absolutely. And that, I think, feels a little bit easier because it's a, an English folk ballad. It feels that way. Right. So it's very East Coast. It's like, yeah, somebody's definitely coming on a boat. Definitely boat people, definitely getting off the boat, <laughs> definitely going up into a mountain. Like, that's how I see this as well. So when I saw that, 100%, I'm like, oh, yeah, that's definitely people coming over. But I think Rihanna and Giddens singing in it, too, adds another sort of weight to this all because all these songs are very white and she is not white. And so when she sings these type of songs, there's like this added power to it because like they're, the world that they're stepping into is like so dark and it just, you know, it doesn't pervade into whatever this popular music is, which is not popular, but it's just wild to like have this whole story going on while people are enslaved. And it's like, yeah, it's, it's a dark a reality. There's so too, much. Yeah. yeah and, that, and the world goes on and like songs exist within those vacuums and that's what makes them interesting, but it's still powerful stuff. I mean, and I think that gives this song an added weight in that way. But yeah, 1849, I saw a fair lovers, but I never saw mine. I view it all around me saw that I was quite alone and again, alone, right? Yeah. Like no one's here. I'm in an empty, empty land all by myself. Uh, and me, a poor stranger and a long ways from home. No, the alone is inside Daniel. Oh, tr- uh, fair enough. Yes. Oh yes. Was... You could ever be in a room full of strangers, but you know, you feel more alone than if you were in fact. Alone. Hey, I totally understand. I know what that feels like. Uh, but then we have Sarah Gray who, who kind of uh, jumps in on that too. She, she kind of, has that as her first verse as well. Um, but she also comes out to say, like, um, I viewed all around me. I viewed all around me. 
and all I was was alone. So she's taking it very specific. And then a different thing from the poor stranger. She says that I'm a poor soldier and a long mm-hmm. way from home. That's definitely different. Um, cause even soldier wise, like definitely the, if there's an Irish element, they've been fighting the British forever. Um, but even the wars in America, you know, the, the Mexican war is over. So 1849, there was no war per se. So where did you come from, sir? And what so I don't know. The soldier element is very random is not paid off in any way. I mean, every single one of these change sort of the cadences or change certain adjectives that just, they don't make it different all the way. But they do do the same thing that all the other songs like like Ding Song, where it's just you change, you know, was to were or something like that. And you're like, ooh, you know, you want to read into it and see something. And you can if you're like individually looking at something deeply, you can look at all of these lyrically and see the was and the were's and the there and the thens and piece together like, oh, these are kind of different. Like this is saying something different. But we are not here for that, Kelly. Oh, well, speaking of Ding Song, I did think of Ding Song because some of the versions have wings turn into a little bird yes and we'll get to that at the very end because that is very different from bob doesn't even touch upon it uh and then we have uh sam our boy sam 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 am i done am i done yeah sam am i no sam amadin uh he also parrots this as well but he sort of changes around a couple things he said you know I i thought myself lucky for to be alive i looked around no one i could see that i could compare with pretty sari so he is looking around but nobody he can see is as beautiful as his girl, right? Mm-hmm. So it's a little better than, I see no one around. Yeah, his lyrics and stuff, like the whole vibe of that song made me feel much more like this is this traditional song through the hipster lens. Like Absolutely. It's, it's even a Bob Dylan lens. There are, there are Dylan stuff going on mm-hmm. here too, and he knows what he's doing, especially with the, um, the writing the letter. I think he does a more, a more faithful boots of Spanish leather type of uh, adaptation feeling. Like I got a boots vibe from him uh, in his in his song more than anything else. So then finally we get to Bob Dylan's start. So Bob Dylan does share a lot of lyrical stuff with everybody involved. I don't think there's anything lyrically that he does that is not done in some way by someone else that we cover in our yeah, squads. Yeah, I mean, the um, I would say the arrangement of the verses yes, is, is, is different. Yeah, so we'll kind of go through that. So I broke it down basically into three sections. So it's going to be six verses total from Bob. We'll do one, two, three, four, five, and six all together in those versions. So, uh, so verse one and two, down in some lone valley and some sad lonesome place where the wild birds do warble their notes to increase. Farewell, pretty Sarah. I bid you adieu, but I dream of pretty Sarah wherever I go. doesn't rhyme. No. Uh, did you happen to look at the lyrics on BobDylan.com? Oh, no. Did you? I did. Oh, are they not? They're non-existent. They, they are. Yeah, they are. That's yeah. right. Yeah. So, as per usual, BobDylan.com, not your source for anything. Not your source. But it is. A, but then again, this is a bootleg series alt, outtake, right? So it is different than like or a legit. fucking album. Or, yeah, yeah. Like, Good As I Been To You and World Gone Wrong, those are not his songs either, but he that's like an official proper album, right? That he released. This is like an afterthought. So it kind of gets a pass in a way, right? Because it's like, whatever. Well, wherever I found these lyrics, where the wild birds do all is what the lyrics said. And I was like, that's that's clearly wrong. Seeger and Judy Collins, who are on opposite sides of the team. They're, the one is a cappella crew. Judy Collins, who's not Shirley Collins, who is not Jane Goodall, who is not Judy Collins, who is not... She is Judy Collins. Judy Collins Shit. is Judy Collins. Shit. Whatever. They sing down in some lone valley in some lonesome place where the wild birds do whistle and their notes do increase. Farewell, pretty Sarah. I bid you adieu and dream of my pretty Sarah wherever I go. So kind of same thing, but like condensed. 
uh, in a in a way. Um, Sarah Gray uses these lines, but she uses them at the end of the song, uh, "The Way Down in Some Lonesome Valley." It's like the second to last verse. Hers is the longest version with the most verses. Um, and so her second to last verse, she gets down to the lonesome valley, a lonesome place. Uh, but then she changes it up. Whereas Bob Dylan is like saying good- goodbye. Um, she says, my love, she is handsome. She's slender and neat. And I wouldn't find no better pastime than to be with my sweet, which I wrote here, reinforcing the song of a woman singing to a woman, Yes, which you will probably be wild about. But she's singing in that vibrato, so you got to take it Unfortunate, one. but I'll take it. And Hetty West coming out of nowhere, she is on her own journey here. I was going to finish that transcription, and I didn't do it. So, nice. Because I couldn't tell what the fuck she was saying. Like, it's some fucking, like, metal band or something. <laughs> like, she has a fucking acoustic guitar. <laughs> what was that? Uh, go to the club. Okay. Uh, it's like it's a beautiful voice. I'm like uh, acapella, no less. Yeah, like, but as clear as it probably could ever be. I, no, come on. I mean, imagine Bob in Muppet voice, just like. Uh, I mean, he does stuff. He slurs himself. His sometimes voice, where... his version is so much different, it, especially like I think that really speaks to the Westerlies version. That that melody is so mm. faithful throughout all of this. The lyrics change, the arrangement of the lyrics change, but that melody is unchanging. The 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 notes that they're hitting throughout like that right is through and bob's like fuck that i'm gonna do whatever i want i know and it's just he's, and a, bad, it's so cool. he's a bad boy and it's <laughs> you just he's a rebel and he'll never never be you any know, good you just fall for it though all every time and i feel so dumb because it's like why do we do this podcast i don't want to be a sycophant but then you listen to it and you're like god damn it it's just it just is better like it just it is. is different i mean it is different yeah, i don't yeah for sure I don't want to go so far as better because I really like the other versions. I mm-hmm. genuinely like them. And even like people like Doc Watson, like it's, it's just a different energy too. And it's mm-hmm. a dude singing it. it yeah. It's wonderful to have all these different versions. What a great world of music to live in. But like, fuck, how does he get away with this? How does he do it? And it's just an outtake. It's just a, like, that's ah, not good enough. What you put, do you know what you put on self-portrait? It's wild, right? Like, take yeah. off a fucking <laughs> a, a, a live song. Yeah, buy Isle of White version of Rolling Stone. Rolling no, Stone. One needs. no one needs. <laughs> it's such an easy bit. Just take it off and put on Sarah. Yeah. You've already got Little Sadie, like, you, like, and you played Little Sadie right after this. And it's like, those two songs go perfectly together. And it, just put them together, Bob. And they do it on another self-portrait, and it's lovely. It's lovely because they're not the same song, but they work so well together. Verse 3 and 4 by Bob Dylan. Well, my love, she won't have me, so I understand. She wants a freeholder who owns a house and land. I cannot maintain her with silver and gold and all the fine things that a big house can hold. Lovely couplet from him. Uh, freeholder, though, is what gives it away. So that is a term that originates in England that America never used as somebody who was mm. owning land. And that's pretty consistent throughout all of them. <laughs> all well, of them. Some of them change it to merchant or rich merchant, whatever. Yeah. So And we'll get to that, too, because that's Judy Collins out of nowhere with the merchant shit. What's going on, Judy? What are you doing? Gonna be a baller. <laughs> uh, didn't influence anyone, though. Unfortunately, everyone's like, no, no, no. Merchants don't. Why would a merchant be writing something? Merchant doesn't work for you. What do they know about writing? Nothing. They don't know. They don't know. They don't know. You stupid merchants. Yeah. But I love I Have No Land, especially when the sad lesbian sings it. Because I, have no land. I don't know. It just makes me so sad happy. It makes me so melancholy because it's like. I can just imagine some poor old lesbian who's like, she's never going to like me because I can't give her land. <laughs> Women love land. But do we like Sarah? 
Because, like, I don't, it's very it, – it, nobody makes that uh, judgment on Saro. But, like, Saro's pretty shallow. Well, that's why – okay. So like, that's why it, yeah. like, it is important if you read this as a lesbian song and not just me because I think that that matters no matter what. But, like, honestly, because, like, that's not going to happen. Like, you're not going to ever have the li- – I can't ever oh, give yes, you this yes. life. Like, yeah, I'm, yeah, yeah. I can't because, like, I am a lady. You're a lady. This is never going to happen. We can't have that life. And as much as I want to, as much as we want to do this, you're never going to – you're not going to leave the safety of fitting a heteronormative society for me. Like, that's just never going to fucking happen. I don't have any land. Yeah. <laughs> so, like, that's why that was really powerful. But, for yeah. like, if you read this as a guy singing to a woman, it's like, but come it, on, dude. Get some land. Come on. Well – but the reality is that not everybody can have land. That's the whole point. And and it, but it's also but I think it's everybody, no matter your orientation, should question your investment in somebody who is straight up telling you that I can't be with you because of land. I would say, yeah. you shallow. Goodbye. Well, that's what I'm saying. If you read this as a lesbian song, Sarah gets a pass infinitely because, like, I get it. You don't want to turn your back on fitting into normal quote unquote society. But if it's a dude, it's like, yeah, she's. Every uh, come on, mm. what's the difference between me and every other fucking guy? Come on, you're being petty because you're being like high maintenance. They even say maintain, right? Because you need silver and gold and shit. But right, yeah, I can't can't maintain her with silver and gold because I don't have I don't have that coin. I don't well, have the coin that Sarah needs, and she's shallow and she's a gold digger. And oh, that's why okay. the Glenn Neves version is the most insulting because not only is Sarah a gold digging hoe, but <laughs> you should never get married. Guess what? You should do. You should I never get married. <laughs> don't get married. <laughs> it's a trap. Women just are traps. Okay, well, wow. Uh, Glenn is in the audience right now. <laughs> Go home, Glenn! <laughs> no one no one sent for you, Glenn. Uh, yeah, well, no. again, nobody makes any of the judgments. So, yeah, that's an interesting read on it. I, You can see it both ways because, yeah, the maintained stuff is pretty interesting. But I think that it's also something being put upon the narrator's own psyche that might not actually be real. True. And that's the thing like, about I've Sarah. I've decided that that's what she wants. Because we don't get to hear from Sarah, so we don't know. <laughs> that's true. So, I mean, and that's very important. And that is not every every song should not have its antagonist also have. I mean, it's cool because then that's a musical and then they can do stuff. <laughs> but, like... If it's not a musical, it's just a song, then we have to take the narrator's word, which we shouldn't do, unreliable narrators. And I would say that this guy is – you can either say that the narrator is uh, a bum and you know doesn't care about any of that or just doesn't have the ability in their life to, to, to get that sort of thing. And because of society's pressures on them, they – put it you know or just like i can't be with this person because of society when really maybe you never even tried yeah and, that, and that's kind of you, a tragedy well, you made the decision. you've decided that because sarah is this person you've made up in your head that she will demand these things of you but you've never even talked to her about it so you just took off like well that's that's the thing we can say what the song is about at the end i guess because i think you, there's a lot of interpretations especially in the way that you arrange the verses as to what is happening to the main character the narrator totally totally and uh and then uh hang on now Oh, yeah. And then so Judy Collins comes in with her merchant stuff right here. So this is kind of bleeding over at this point. So I'm, I'm bringing it up here, but it does kind of bleed into the next one. We do have uh, Sarah Gray coming in uh, and, and she sings a verse kind of like this. She says, well, my true love, she won't have me. So I understand she wants she wants a freeholder, but I have no land. So that kind of that's a different spin Such on that. Funny one. But <laughs> I have no land. <laughs> no land. Uh, I cannot paint, maintain her with silver and gold, uh, nor buy her all the fine things that a big house can hold. Uh, 
Eddie West comes in with a little bit of uh, some commentary upon those fine things to call them pretty fine things. So I don't know. That could be a little bit of snark. It could be loosey-goosey. It could be snark, though. You know, these fucking dainty, you know, th- these these baubles, yeah. these pretty fine things. Again, reducing you know, Sarah to somebody who is completely uh, materialistic and shallow. Right. And she could be. Like, she could be. We don't know. Could be. Don't we, know. Could, we don't know. And then we've got uh, Judy Collins coming in hot saying uh, she wants a rich merchant. Like, whoa. Again. Whoa. Shot calling. Whoa. 20 is blade. On the Impala. Just is. <laughs> and I have no land. She wants a merchant and I have no land. It's not but. It's not but. I. She wants a rich merchant and I have no land. I got nothing. I got a job. I'm nothing. And then I can't give her the nice things that a big house will hold. So kind of reducing it down. So, and yeah, it's just very specifically saying I can't. I Because I don't. I'm not a Bala. I can't do the things that, that she wants. Pour one out for Judy. <laughs> and then finally, we go to Bob Dylan's final verse, uh, two verses. Uh, if I was a poet and could write in a fine hand, I'd write a love letter that she'd understand. Very boots of Spanish leather. Uh, and I'd write it by a river where the water, f- well, the waters overflow. But I dream of pretty Sarah wherever I go. So I like had a perfect little vision of 60s Bob Dylan, which is not this Close, Bob Dylan. Close, Being in the studio and being like, what? Why would a merchant... Or whatever. No, a poet. What? Why would a merchant be writing a letter? Well, everybody go nobody else goes for merchant. Everybody else went for poet. Except for what's her name? Judy Collins. Yeah, Judy Collins. Yeah, yeah. But Judy Collins is well, outlier. But if I were a merchant and I could write in <laughs> fine hand, I'd write my love letter that she'd understand. What is that, like an invoice? Like <laughs> she just needs an invoice Look, on my heart. Like I'm sure many a shop owner and many a landholder. Can write letters. I'm not saying they can't. I'm not saying they can't either. But if you're trying to express that, like, I would write something beautiful, artistic, that she would get. She'd understand it. But if she's just a gold digger, then she just wants that invoice. Like, she just wants your latest invoice. Show me the bank statement! Look at me. I'm invoicing all these peeps. They owe me money for the thing that I do because I'm just a merchant. They don't owe you money. That means you're not collecting, which means you are a bad Well, sure. No, no. (laughs) You know, they're going to pay me within a reasonable time. Otherwise, I'll kill them. Simple. Look, baby, 30 days, I'm going to be rich. <laughs> Assuming everyone pays me, there's no problems. I'll be rich. Otherwise, I'll be deeply in debt. <laughs> uh, but she does keep going. To, uh, Judy Collins, that, that is. Uh, I'd write it by the river where the waters overflow. I'll dream of you, pre-Sarah, wherever I go. This does change. So Sarah Gray, um, as well as Amadin, ch- change it to poet. Uh, the others don't include this verse at all, but uh, or or to include a version of it. But everybody's a poet, so poet, poet. If I were a poet in a you fine made, hand, you made I would a good change. Except some of them are writing it by the water, not by the river, where the islands overflow. Hmm. So what's going on there? Mm-hmm. Or you have like Emma Dunn, instead of I'll dream of pretty Sarah, I'll think of pretty Sarah. So these little things that uh, change like over time, like right, you more dreaming back in the '60s, more thinking. In 2008. I, I don't know how to read into anything like that. But, yeah, heavy, um, you know, Boots vibes on that. You know, you can just see Bob. You know, I wrote you a letter yesterday, you know, send it across the sea. You know, I'll take some Boots, please. That's like, a good song. It's a great song. And and I think that there's a deliberate, you know, not – he's taking that. He's not doing it on purpose. But you can't help but be like, you know – but that line specifically is the one that's all fucked up. If you only hear Bob's voice unadulterated in the left ear. Oh, oh what do you speaker. Oh, uh, yeah. I read my love Oh, man. 
And to ride it by the river Where the waters overflow But I dream of pretty Sarah Wherever I go Closing verses that don't comport to Bob Dylan's version. The closing of Amadin is interesting, and this is a, a preface to uh, Seeger and Shirley Collins' verse, which they do end with, uh, if I was a poet, they do the same thing. His final verse for Amadin is, uh, "'Tis not this long journey that grieves me so, nor the country I'm leaving, or the debts that I owe." The invoices did not work out. Um, there's one thing that grieves me and bears on my mind, or troubles my mind, uh, for Seeger and Collins, uh, Shirley Collins, that's leaving my darling pretty Sarah behind. Hetty West says something similar to this. In her closing, she says, um, at the foot of yonder mountain, I don't know, something mountain, deep mountain, yonder mountain, there lies a deep snow. It's not this long journey I'm a dreading to go. It's not this long journey nor the debts that I owe, but it's leaving my darling, my pretty Sarah. Giddens and Gray come in with the turtle dove. Heat. Yeah, there's the bird thing. Yeah. The bird thing, yeah. So a very dink song, very mm -hmm. like, ooh, if I had wings, right? Um, so they sing, uh, well, I wish I was a turtle dove, had wings and could fly. Right now, to my lover's long lodgings, tonight I draw nigh. And there in her lily white arms, I'd lie there all night and watch them, little windows for the coming of day. Okay. It's so good. And uh, pretty much all the same, except for uh, Hedy West comes in with, if I was a little bird. And then she's the only one that wants to fly away, though, which is interesting. So as soon as the morning... As soon as, and soon in the morning, I would fly away. What the fuck? I thought you wanted to be with this person. Well, see, that's the thing. I, I especially with the lesbian versions, I think it's like I know I can't be with you. That's where the song uh, is coming from. Like, so there's so, so many you, reads like, of dalliance this. and like, you, but you know it can't last. Yeah, mm. yeah. Mm. So I think that's what that's about. But this verse, the um, right down by the river thing, like, and the ones after these sometimes are at the beginning of the song too. Mm -hmm. So it's like. Yeah. It's so crazy, all the forms that this can take, because it's either somebody who's about to leave, right. somebody who's already left, somebody who left is in, and is regretful, but like accepting and they're not going back, somebody who wants nothing but to go back, someone who knows, who wants to go back, but can't, like knows it won't ever work out, so doesn't, like, it's like, mm. it's all, yeah, it's just like, the arrangement, it's really, really fun. We've had a lot of, not maybe a lot, we've had... More than a few Bob Dylan songs that, depending on how you arrange the verses, it's yep. a totally different story. Right. And this one is not just Bob doing it, but like so many other songwriters and, and musicians taking this and arrange, like same words for the most part, but just the arrangement of it makes it a different story. Yeah. And because, again, we don't have any of Sarah's perspective, all we have is the arrangement from the narrator. So it make it matters. It matters in what order the verses go. So yeah, very interesting. Absolutely, and that's and that's pretty much it. I mean, Shirley Collins ends uh, closes with uh, a line that shared with Hetty West uh, earlier, where she sings farewell, my dear father, likewise mother too. I'm going to ramble this country all through. So it's kind of instead, you know, I'm I've arrived. I'm saying goodbye, right? I mean, Bob's doesn't make any declarations on that. It's like I'm writing you a letter if I could. But I'm at the river, so what's going to happen to me? Who knows? Am I jumping yeah, in the river or not? I think Bob's not? might be the most ambiguous as to what point of the journey the narrator's on. Like, right. Did they already leave? Are they about to leave? But it's also Hetty West who says, so farewell, dear mother, farewell, sister, too. I am going to ramble this whole wide world through. And then they both close with, when I get tired, I'll sit down and cry and think of pretty Sarah with tears in my eye. Very beautiful. Um, sort of saying goodbye, right? Like, I can't do this anymore. 
I'm going to go live my own life, but I'll always think of her, which is very uh, Girl from the North Country, right? The closing of Sarah Grace is by far the the most learned. Uh, if her liner notes are any indication, she's obviously playing on a lot of stuff. Just like Saka Lee, I, I feel like it got better as we went along because people started to not only build upon all, the whole lore of Saka Lee, but also build upon outside influence as well from artists who had been creating songs about Stackley and we started bringing in those artists other repertoire into the songs themselves so I think Grace probably playing with a lot of stuff here when she closes by saying well I strolled through the mountains I strolled through the plains I strolled to forget her but it was all in vain on the banks of old Cali in the mount of said brow well I once loved her dearly and I don't hate her now very sweet um, and then uh, in her liner note, she says the Frank, the Frank C. Brown collection of North Carolina folklore suggests that the odd line banks of said brow might be a corruption of the line from another version that has the mountain sad brow. So, I mean, just that that little note alone tells me that she's creating this lovely annotated song, you know, where it's like I'm intentionally putting these things in here. But when you want to dig into these liner notes, you're going to get a lot out of it because I'm intentionally putting a lot of thought and effort into this. That's uh, really neat and like admirable that she would want to do that like as a historian type of thing yeah and these I mean I think that it's kind of a duty on some yeah, level when you're accessing these old folk songs yeah. it's like hey I hope you like this thing that I did here's the history of it it's well, like, and I, and bigger I'm, than me I think that's it it's like they yes. that this song is way bigger than me I hope you want to know about that like here are footnotes for the things that I'm doing it's something people wish Bob does and it's something that this podcast kind of does right we go through Bob's stuff and we sort of annotate where he's getting stuff from and where he's talking about things um, in a Music's way that's cool in a way that Bob Dylan would never do right he would reject what we're doing as we've said multiple times he would say that we're wasting our lives does this well I want to combine does this song work in 2020 with the music video because I think the music video is kind of the key as to why it still does work in 2020. But let's talk about Pretty Sarah, the video. Again, the song is really short. The video is short. In case you forgot, it's Music Video Month, which is it's the whole reason why we're doing month. this song in the first place. So this was released, um, if you will, as a I, – I would assume a trailer of a, of a sorts, you know, just something to get people excited. About the about the Billy Series Volume Ten, uh, kind of like uh, with a series of dreams to get people excited about Volume One through Three, right? How would you describe Bob Dylan's video for Pretty Sarah? Uh, it's a PowerPoint slideshow of images through like Americana, like history, kind of. So yeah, it's, it's just like first it's shots of families starting in the early 1900s, I would say, and just kind of throughout history. It doesn't really get more modern than the 60s or 70s. Um, but, and oh, then I it, think in the 40s. I think the 40s are yeah. as far as it gets, yeah. Yeah, that would make more sense. And then it goes... But I don't think it goes back to the 1900s. I think it's from... I think just it's, around, all around I think it's from... Uh, probably the earliest would be 1930 okay. to 40. But because it, we have our fairs and stuff. We start, I mean, because we start off at the fair. Right. Yeah. Yes. And so it's like, okay, well, there's a modicum of people here and like, you know, they're... But it starts with families, it goes to men, and then it goes to women, like working during World War II. During World War II, right. Uh, so. Working in all the factories and working on, uh, as cool. mechanical engineers and stuff. And very neat. Yeah, and we get that the final lines where it's just like, you know, sort of singing. I mean, the final two verses of his that we just covered are really explicitly to Sarah. Like, if I could write a song to Sarah, I'll never forget you. That type of stuff. And it's all shots of them building the weapons of World War II. Like, it's, yeah. what, I, what's go? why? Yeah. What is this? Uh, it's uh, striking. I, I, the video is incredible. It's to I totally recommend it because the quality of the photos, like how they've been touched up and shit, are fucking okay, so beautiful. So that was my question to you. Mm. Are these legit old photos? Because I, 
I could find nothing about, them about it, but I there is no way. One of the guys who's in multiple photographs is like so classic actor handsome mm-hmm. that I'm yes, like that guy. I know what you're talking about. He's like a famous guy, right? Like he's like a famous person. Yeah, you're just. I mean, you're so drawn to them. I mean, that, honestly, that was it for me. It was like all those portraits. And then the shots woman, them. like the the really plain woman with like the red hair, who's with yeah, the other guy, yeah, the yeah. younger guy, because mm-hmm. um, they show them multiple times through their life too. Right. She looks like it. Like the, it just looks so a little bit too perfectly arranged no, I, I that I could so. easily see it being a photo. I think it's it could be a mix. It could be a mix of legitimate old photographs yeah. and photo shoots. I don't know. I don't know. I guess if you, and if the, anybody knows, let me know. And the woman with the like rockabilly, it's not victory rolls, but she has another type of hairstyle, but it's, it's with the bandana and shit. That looks so uh, that one does, manicured. That, that one looks the most like someone's coming in, in a way, like it's kind of a boom shot, like into her. And just the colors in the, no, no, I, I will say that there's, there's the, that moment, that moment and the moment with the very pretty people like i mean strikingly beautiful yeah like not in a like they're beautiful like old and wrinkly like they're wrinkly they're just like yeah ho- they're people and you just like oh my god that's what i'm saying there's this. something that i don't know that you can retouch i mean you, photoshop is amazing you can do whatever you want but like i think that okay. there's a mix here. if there if if it is then i think it's it has to be a mix because i think the meticulousness that they go about for uh, what is it, Regal and Jack Spears and stuff, all of those location shots where they just show like old timey, mm-hmm. like, uh, conven- you know, not convenience stores. I mean, it's before that. And yeah. to get the authenticity, like feeling, you you have to do a little bit of work, but like. Yeah. And you, I think you can tell on some of them, like it is, I would say it's very strange to have that final shot with the woman who's, it was the thumbnail, if you will, mm-hmm. of the video. And some of the like portraitures that kind of like where we kind of zoom in and they're like lifelike, they're real. Like it would be weird to have that type of video. But then the scenes where the old people are dancing and like musicians are yeah, playing, that, that, seems... that shit's all, yeah, very real. And it does look a little different too. So you're kind of like, okay. It looks like a rough and ready way. Yeah. And it makes, well, it makes me think of, uh, I learned uh, on my road trip, I went with my grandma. I picked her up. She's 90 years old. She told me that they used to hold barn dances back in the day at their farm. Oh, nice. Yeah, and they – I might have told you this, but I don't know. But, like, they – their only stipulation was that the guy in town who had the piano, he could come and put the piano up in the loft so that he wasn't in the way of everybody downstairs. Like, you know, it's kind of just a loft. He's up there. You know, imagine you walk into a barn. How'd they get it up there? So you, you drag it up with – you know, you got a pulley system. Oh, so they Yeah. Wow. But the only stipulation was that you do not under any circumstances bring it down until the morning because – they had known people who, in the nighttime, you don't want to bring it down in the morning, so you do it then. You're fucking drunk as shit. You drop the piano. You break the piano. So their only stipulation was you cannot, under any circumstances, bring Move it down it that night. That night. That <laughs> night. It stays up there that night. As long as it stays there, then we're good to go. Wow. And it's like, don't wow, pretend that you're incredible. not drinking. Don't pretend you're not doing anything, because we know you will. So just let's all hang out and party. And then in the morning, we'll be drunk. We'll be hungover. We'll take it down ourselves. Wow. I was That's like, so Dude, cool. Grandma. This is awesome. What the fuck? Yeah. We were driving through Louisville and she's like, yeah, this is where, you know, grandpa uh, proposed to me in the Louisville. I'm like, I would have never guessed that you were ever in Louisville. And she's like, yeah, this is great. I lived a whole so life. Fun. I'm 90. By I know. <laughs> and I'm like, I'm 90, by the way. Uh, you know, it's, it's fucking wild. Yeah. yeah. Uh, wow. Wild. Anyways. Yeah. It really. It, but the nostalgia factor alone. And so Sam Amadin, who was on our playlist, also released a video for his song, Sarah, that is all my. I wouldn't be shocked if Bob watched this or somebody on Bob's team watched mm-hmm. this and was like, that's good. That's good. Or it's just the nature of the song itself, a very nostalgic 
kind of like old timey song, you know, because this one really harkens back to like, um, you know, pioneer energy. Like you got fucking. Um, but then we immediately jump to the 50s. And stuff. So. Yeah. And then you get this weird. Yeah. Where it's a lot of, you know, he doesn't have the budget of Bob Dylan to either manufacture or find the clips that he does. Uh, or pay for the license or pay or whatever. For, right or pay, do for all that so with this he definitely found this weird probably a b movie of some kind with like mm-hmm. there's a cowboy and a, and a like Civil a War and a lady well no they're in a they're in a greyhound bus oh, right, right, and right, so right. it's like we kind of follow them away too and then eventually he gets off and she like rebuffs him the whole time and then at the end she like looks over on the scene and he's not there and i'm sure it's just from an old movie like that we i just don't know what the reference is but yeah there's a lot of just old footage of people hacking up um fucking chopping wood and making homes and it starts with like definitely an old you know footage from on the plains in the 1930s you know probably some old movie it's very cool but it it has the same nostalgic vibe oh, sure. his version especially is very nostalgic so pretty interesting um but i liked i liked his video amadens video and i really liked bob's video and i think that is the reason why it works in 2020 is that it's it's a very wistful song and there's not a lot to be wistful about in 2020 so it's something that I think you can listen to this song and hope that one day you will feel the wistfulness again. Uh, I disagree. I think the video is silly. Mm. Uh, I mean, it really does feel like a PowerPoint presentation. It's like yeah, it doesn't feel like that no finesse and like it's not there's not a lot going on. They're beautiful photographs. It is the wrong. vibe, though. It's kind of like a, a slideshow that you would watch an old timey slideshow. It's got basically that feel, the yeah. projector feel where you're kind of like loading it up. In yeah. A way. Of all the videos you watch, especially the last two being just clips of Bob's life, I'd rather watch that again than Ouch. it was cool to watch one time. But then it's like, oh, I know. But now that you bring up that, is it real? I don't know. It does add a layer to it that I'm like, oh, I don't know. Are we? Is this like a Rolling Thunder? Where we're getting fucking trolled. Yeah, it's... I don't think it's. I don't think it's all real. Uh, but the song itself. If you're tired of me saying this, maybe don't listen to the rest of the podcast because like this will always be the thing they say if you're working with acoustic guitars and somebody's singing and there's not a lot of effects and stuff it's always going to sound relevant and not dated because we still have acoustic guitars yeah. and still have people singing so i think musically it totally works still today yeah i agree uh maybe the his particular style of singing during this period the muppet voice sounds a little funny but but, if, still sing like Muppets but if you're a normal person and love it like me, <laughs> then you're fine. So, yeah, I think the song works. The video, pass. Okay. Kelly, did you know that we're a real podcast? We have real guests and everything. We have real guests. You know, they're not our friends, really. Now they are. They're special music. Special music Industry guests. peoples. <laughs> Musical guest John Flavin. <laughs> I mean, he was. And he, he was. Did. And he and did. And Kendra was also a musical well, of guest. of course. Yes, I guess. She wasn't playing music. Right. Do we music. do we like give her a short trip now because she's been on the show multiple times, so she's like less of a guest now? We don't have to mention her. We don't have to her mention beautiful her. voice ever again. Yeah, fuck it. All right. Uh, we <laughs> can also find us intermittently at um, Twitter, at Facebook, uh, Instagram. Listen, uh, as, we, as I just alluded to when I got really dark a second ago, it's a dark world out there. It's hard to like feel like you want to just – I don't know, talk about this kind of stuff. So it's like we have we have a podcast. We talk about it. We talk for a long time. I don't, know, I don't know what else. Yeah, I, I can't even contribute because I literally don't participate in any social media other than Tumblr. So like, which is. And yet your brain me. is more rotten than our brains. Oh, totally. So, or maybe you need social media to like really sharpen your Why brain. Why can't I focus? <laughs> if you want to focus on giving us a dollar, <gasps> patreon.com slash SOTW pod is your best place to go. 
Um, a lot of a lot of people have sponsored episodes. Uh, if you pledge a dollar or more, you sponsor an episode. Well, you know, whatever the episode is the next. Songs are random, so the we songs can't, are random. So please don't hold us accountable for whatever song it is. Yeah, you can't. But, but we give it our all. Hopefully, uh, you feel that and you want to contribute. We would love to have you in the family. We also make a playlist every week. You can find it live, which means that you could be literally opening it up to look at it, and then I could delete it and add different songs on it at any moment. Because there is one moment that I do that. Yes. And you can find it at See That My Playlist Is Kept Clean. You're going to see a description up there that tells you kind of what the song is, so you're not going to be totally out of the loop. But just know that one time I do go in there to change it. So you can listen to the playlist and you can pretend that you're going to be our next guest. Oh, you could. And I recommend it. And you really should. Welcome back to the playlist for the second time. Multiple people. Judy Collins. Frank Ocean. Didn't even talk about Frank. Only two? Only twice. And uh, Kingston Trio. Sarah Jane. Not associated with this at all. This is a Civil War song. Not even associated with the song at all. Didn't think it was, but it's a totally oh, different thing. Jane. It's very, like, Bolero? Okay. Oh. oh. Uh, there's, I'm thinking yes. of a Simpsons show, Canyon Arrow. Oh, yes. The, the SUV or whatever. Yeah. Yes. Canyon <laughs> yes. Arrow. I will put that clip in. <laughs> Can you name the truck with four-wheel drive? Smells like a steak and seats 35. Canyon Arrow. Canyon Arrow. Well, it goes real slow with the hammer down. It's the country pride truck endorsed by a clown. Canyon Arrow. Federal Highway Commission has ruled the Canyon Arrow unsafe for highway or city driving. Canyon and Pete Seeger for the sixth time. And Kingston Trio for the second time. Uh, and then welcome to a million people, namely Boogertown Gap. Oh, man. Love Boogertown Gap. Need to put them on more episodes. Uh, Pretty Sarah Revisited. Ooh. ooh. Uh, Marco, of course, the streams of Bun Cloddy. <laughs> and she does say uh, a line, wounded in love, which instant hard rain's gonna fall vibes going on here so he might have taken that you know i met a man wounded in love i met another man wounded in hatred like he probably took that directly from that uh glenn up at the stands over there glenn neves uh 1809 sharp 76 that's the song and pretty sarah for any men that feel this way where they're like god i just don't enjoy the company of women that's you cannot be with women one or be with men two i'm not saying everyone is gay or needs to be gay i'm not saying that but what i'm saying is well kelly it's just men or women Oh, well, Jesus Christ. <laughs> Every time I heard the song, I was like, why the fuck is this on my playlist? <laughs> I mean, I felt that way, too. God, it was just like... You bastard! I was just like, I didn't... I was like, what is the connection? It sounds like a Boy Scout tune. Go home, then. Hetty West, for the first time. Unfortunately, she will be on this multiple times after. I love her. Westerlies, for hopefully not the last time. Sarah. Gorgeous. Gorgeous. Uh, Shirley Collins, hopefully not for not the last time. Pretty Sarah. Girlpool, excellent. I know. How have uh, we not heard of them before? Tw- Twenty nineteen. Have not heard of them. Because that's a lot. Like added their albums yeah. into my new. Going to listen to them. Uh, fantastic. Uh, Sarah Gray, of course. Pretty Sarah. I say the acapella team won. Yeah. D- right. Better than the guitar Again, team. Again, I have a predisposition. To yeah. Okay. Fair. And Rihanna really fucking kills it. Um. And then <laughs> Turbo Sarah. Fantastic. Uh, really the highlight of all of this. Turbo! I uh, don't know anything that they're saying. And it's probably what? Sorrow, right? It's like, that's got yeah, the Yeah, I don't know. So, okay, one thing we didn't bring up at all. Sorrow. Sarrow. Sarah. 
Sarah, right. We're right. one letter away from Sarah, which should not make an appearance. And I would say for pretty, the best. pretty Sarah versus Sarah, pretty Sarah wins all day. Okay. It's shocking <laughs> from you, and it is your favorite song. For anyone else, incorrect. Incorrect. Just because it got ranked so high, look, I can't. You can't be fault the math. for science in math. If you want to um, hear the math, go listen to that episode. God, but Turbo, yeah, I just like looked for Sarah, and a lot of um, songs in other languages came up with like an accent on gear or accent de yeah. whatever the accent graph. I don't know what it's called. A with a little accent mark over it. Right. Um, because apparently that's used in Cyrillic a lot. So, like, there's a lot of Eastern European and even, I think, Middle Eastern songs with just Saro in it, but it's not quite the same. So this band, Turbo, is a Czech 80s rock powerhouse. They were, like, apparently a big deal. They were, like, really? Czechoslovakian poison. They were, like, a thing. So Better. Czechoslovakian 80s power ballad, Saro. There is, in Hungarian, the word Saro means corner, like the mm. corner of something. Um, but I think this is just supposed to be a name also. I think this is because it's in Czech and that's not the same word. Right. I think this is just, I couldn't find in Czech the word Sarah like that. So yeah. Enjoy pro- Turbo. I, who doesn't, there's definitely got to be Sarahs out there in the world as a name. Like it's a, it's a be- beautiful name. I, I hope there's Sarahs. Everybody listening to this right now, we're making a pledge right now. You're naming your child Sarah. And then finally, our old friend, Horton Baker, at the foot of Yonder's Mountain. Uh, beautiful acapella version, but yeah, its connection to Pretty Sarah is beautiful in that it's like you can see it as a prequel or um, a sequel. And yeah, it's, it's kind interesting of that fun. it's a continuation of the story. Yeah, or, or it could be, right? Yeah. We don't really know. So uh, very interesting. Love the playlist. Please uh, subscribe to see that my playlist is kept clean. And if you just want to listen to this one, save it, put it somewhere. Uh, you can listen to you just search for Pretty Sarah 113, SOTW, whatever, in Spotify. You'll see it there. And um, we also have you know our season four just playlist as we go. So you can just search for SOTW season four. And you can listen to every song. Past these, what, uh, 12 episodes that we've done so far for season four and we're keep we're going to continue on because it's music video month but we were also people in the world this last week i forgot to be a person what would you recommend for somebody out there listening it's uh fourth of july is over uh i don't listen to music anymore which is a real big failing of myself in that i mean i don't listen to new music very often because I'm constantly just listening to do the same podcast over and over again because I need people to talk constantly in my ear. You don't get any value out of new music? You don't no, I do. But like what I go to, my modes are having my friends from my podcast talk in my ear hmm. to make me feel better hmm. or music I've already heard because I can't focus on it because as we've established i have a problem focusing so it's either your friends are killing your i don't know uh, it's either tried and true playlist or podcast i've heard a million times i've been watching movies i oh uh i watched the original night of the living dead which is really 
good. Uh, okay. 1968. I, I've never seen it before, which is weird because my I like horror movies to a point. I'm really into zombie movies and slasher movies. Those are my favorite. I don't really like the torture porn stuff, but I like kind of self-aware. Like Scream is my favorite horror franchise because you're self-aware and it's like a slasher thing yeah. where it doesn't get too gory and it's always kind of silly because it's like, <laughs> it's a guy in a mask on the night. Come yeah. on, guys. Um, but yeah, Night of the Living Dead. It was a big deal at the time, and I, I'm sure a bajillion people know this because anyone that's been alive on the planet that isn't me that's seen this before, that the main character is a black guy. And it was like such a big fucking deal, especially for the Zarmory. Yeah, the main characters are a black guy and a white lady. Mm. What? And Ben, the main character, uh, he's amazing throughout the whole thing. He's the only one worth a damn until the end, and then he goes, goes a little crazy, and then he does. But spoiler. Anyway, fantastic. Which you can expect. I mean, it's a lot of pressure. Yes, because the woman in it is worthless. Barbara is worthless. Maybe she's her two like modes Sarah. are catatonic and screaming. That is it. That's all she has to control. What if? What if that's Sarah? Oh, Jesus. Catatonic or screaming, and they're like, "I want you, but I need to get you a house so that I can lock you in it with things." And she's then go locked home. in. The doors are the windows are boarded up. N- no thanks to her. And then what does she do when the zombies are coming? She just puts her head basically out the window to be abducted by the zombies. Anyway. Uh, I watched Total Recall, which I've never actually seen. We tried to watch it one wow. night when Kendra came over, and I fell asleep immediately. Uh, so I finally watched Total Recall. The original. Yeah, the 1991 with uh, Schwarzenegger. Yeah. It was it was pretty good. Yeah. Yeah. I've seen it before. Yeah. Other than the, like, women are just objects, and look, this one has three tits. <laughs> like, like, that kind of stuff. It's so much but, better when you're younger and you don't know anything. Yeah. But it's it actually is pretty good. I mean, how many busts did they make of Arnold's head? Because he makes all those weird contorted things where it's like cuts yes, to yes, like a yes, weird yes, molded yes. face. <laughs> like so many, so many of different versions of his head. When you have lots of money. But it did make me want to uh, watch the new one. Make a new Total Recall. Oh, no, with uh, did Colin. Well, no, no. You make Colin your own Farrell. with Colin Farrell. Farrell right? Mm-hmm. Yeah. I think Schwarzenegger shows up. So. Oh, he's in it? Oh, of course he's in it. I think he shows up. Okay. Because that's what he does. That's what he did when he was, remember, governor of California. Uh, I watched Pirates of the Caribbean for the yeah, first time. I got Disney Plus just so I could watch it because I've never seen the first one. It's pretty good. Man, you did lots of stuff. Uh, and then the other thing I would recommend that's kind of music related. I am learning how to play the guitar on my journey. <laughs> I've been on my journey. I've gotten frustrated with a lot of beginner guitar programs because it seems to be the same thing over and over again where it's like, here are these open chords. We're going to pretend. Here's a very shitty very inaccurate uh, rendition of a Beatles song. Look, you can play guitar too. And it's like, that's great. If you've literally never touched a guitar before, these all are all things that are good that will encourage you to keep playing guitar because it's like, oh, I can kind of play this song. I want to play more songs. Great. I've been playing for a little while now and I also had a little bit knowledge of mu- music theory just from doing music in high school. Yeah. So it's like, I've been really struggling with how to get better, quote unquote, or like how to enhance my guitar learning. Um, there's a guy named Tyler Larson who is uh, kind of big on YouTube, but he has a music program. He went to the Berkeley College of Music, and he's like a legit musician, knows a lot about guitar. Yeah. Um, and he has a program called Music is Win. Um, well, his his YouTube channel is called Music is Win, but his guitar program is called uh, Guitar Super System. But if you go to musiciswin.com, uh, so I'm, I've started that, and already his music theory lessons are like exactly what I'm looking for because he's we're not doing. He does offer a beginner course that I'm sure is maybe a little bit like that, but like this is exactly what I need right now. Where we're going into scales and how what what how to compose a chord, what what that is, what it means to make things uh, mixolydian and all those like yeah. different scale types. And I'm just like very excited to be doing his little program, and it's very cool. So I would recommend Music Is Win on YouTube. He does some funny videos too. He does sometimes uh, not acknowledge that women play guitar, which is a little. 
tough for me, but not in a sexist way, just like every time he's talking about guitar or anything, he only ever mentions male players and like he's only ever like every guitarist is male, just like that's the which I mean a lot of people do that. Yeah. Unfortunately the, the default character is a dude. Right. So anyway. But he's a great teacher. He knows a lot about music. He's a fucking amazing guitar player. So it's great. It's not free, yeah. by the way. It's 10 bucks a month. But Shit. Uh, I would say it's worth it so far. Yeah. And well, if you're in the place that you're at, then I think uh, for me, yeah. I'm I'm just learning the D chord. So if you're at a weird intermediary level and you're like, I'm fuck, not, what can I do? Like, I've learned some solos. I learned the, my favorite licks or whatever. I need to know more. I want to know music theory. I actually yeah. want to know. What I'm doing more immersively than just I can watch a YouTube video to how to play this song and then I can play it. Uh, I would definitely recommend. So far, he's the best music teacher that I've found uh, that's beyond like beginner stuff. Anyway, yes, music is win. I listened to Sufjan Stevens released a new single called America. It's 12 minutes long and it's lovely. And it's very it's billed as the follow up to Carrie and Lowell, which is my favorite album of 2015 easily. Sufjan Stevens, one of my favorite artists of all time. And America, it's very beautiful. And it's it's one of those things where it's it feels very personal. It's like he is almost not talking about America. He's talking about like a relationship, which is lovely. And you've got this like really great, like it's like a somebody described it as like the best of all worlds. Like everything he's learned from Age of Odds in 2010 to Carrie and Lowell in 2015 and like everything in between with his composing for ballets and for the beat kiwi he wrote a musical a, a score an orchestra for the brooklyn queens expressway like he's done all this crazy stuff uh or a planetarium and all mm. this kind of stuff yeah, yeah okay. or yeah all that stuff is like very beautifully in america which is the closing track to his new album called the ascension and i paired that a lot with something i recommended last week which is protest the hero palimpsest does that mean something palimpsest what is palimpsest let's see a palimpsest is a manuscript or a piece of writing material on which the original has been effaced, okay. but traces of the original remain. So imagine oh, you're writing okay. a journal. Oh, my God. I've spilled my secrets. Erase, 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 erase. Everything was great today. I love everything. Oh, okay. And so for them, this album, America is great. And over underneath the erasures that you see are these excellent uh, songs that I, I sat down and I was like, I got to know the lyrics for all of these. And they're all fucking like very specific there's a great migration stories from um the the dust ballad days there's uh the canary about amelia Earhart. it's about how women get erased from history one of my favorite songs on the album called all hands which is has got a line you know all hands my train is coming in you think it's a a white people love trains song (laughs) but it's not the train is the great molasses Oh, the thing that exploded in 1919. Yeah. And so the ground beneath my feet is shaking. My train is coming in and all hands, all hands, all hands. My train is coming in. And at the end, it ends with like um, they couldn't tell between the bodies of animals and humans underneath the great black mass. They are writing songs that are retelling these big events because the Hindenburg crash, you know, the, the, the Hinden- uh, big floating, what's it called? the blimp, right? Yeah, and, yeah. and you can see the tower right there, right? There's a tower. Mm-hmm. It was never hit by the tower, but you can see the tower in the foreground. Is that the Led Zeppelin thing? Yeah, that's the Led Zeppelin yeah. thing. But um, where that explosion is, if it had exploded in the front or anywhere else or was slowly falling or something, it would still be an, a significant event for the amount of people that were involved and, and who died. But there's a swastika where that explosion is. It, it, this is a Nazi ship. Oh. So the the erasure here is that people, when they think about this, they don't think about the swastika hiding underneath oh. of it. So when he, when, you know, when he says the word swastika in the song, you're just like, 
whoa. I never knew that. What are we? I didn't know that either. And I'm like, and that's the the palimpsest. We've written over history. We don't even know that there's a Nazi insignia right there. Holy shit. Yeah. So So that's not here. That's. No, that's here. That was in New, New Jersey. Yeah. Wait, they floated a blimp over here? Absolutely. That's yeah. not from us, though. No, no, it's a Nazi ship. No, the, they were blimps, man. Blimps no could shit, have been really? the thing. Yeah, absolutely. The very last song, Rivet, is so amazing. It, it, it Because it's all very steeped in the 1930s, because the first song is talking about migrations from Oklahoma to California. And you're like, is this talking about today? Is this talking about then? feel gross when you know he's singing let's make america great again but then you like listen to it with the entire album and you're like yeah you know like let's make america gay again let's make america feminist for once like let's actually like not ironically make america great again as in let's make it back to an apartheid state but like let's actually make america great like it's a really wonderful album and i cannot recommend it enough all right kelly we will be back next episode next week for sweetheart like you yay and we will be joined by two special guests i wonder who they'll be the only friends we have and we will play music for you so uh stay tuned for that i can't wait to watch the music video it's it's not as uh well i think you'll like it better than this one because it it is bob they're existing and they're playing in a cafeteria it's weird long shots of bob dylan and, like, forget the band. We don't care about the band behind him. Long shots of Bob Dylan. Hmm. And mean, he's got a weird beard. It's weird. He is Bob Dylan. The whole of thing Bob is of uh, Bob Dylan fame. Okay, we'll see you next week. Bye. Bye. <laughs> well, the press is down. The boss ain't here. He got none for a while. Say that vanity got the best of him. But he sure left here in style. By the way, that's a cute hat, and it smiles so hard to resist. But what's a sweetheart like you?